Somebody say amen. Well, Impact, we are in a message series entitled Acceleration. And this message series is based on my new book called Acceleration. Amen. We have books available for you here today after service. And I want to just give a shout out to all the people who picked up the books last Sunday. I was pleasantly surprised at the number of people who bought the book. Amen. And as you know, 100% of the proceeds of this book, we're investing as a church uh, to an outreach that we're doing this summer here. Uh, we're going to be having a baby shower for underprivileged women, women who've never had a baby shower before. We're going to be able to bless them and together impact them. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. Thank you, God, for the opportunity. And also, I want you to know that I'm starting a new group, a new small group based on uh, this book here, especially if you're someone who is starting something new in business, you're a leader, uh, this is my grace. Everybody has a grace area. This is my grace area. I was 16 years old when I started uh, my first ministry, and it grew to, to being a national-level ministry in my nation. I was 26 when we started United Night of Worship. I don't know how to do many things well, but for some reason, there's grace on my life to start things. I love to break into new grounds and start new things. So we would take time, train leaders, and help you to get from point A to point B. If you don't know what your purpose is in life, we'll have some interactions. We'll talk. We'll just discuss. And I'll teach you how to, how to walk on water. Amen. How to jump out of a plane and fly. Come on, somebody. Say amen. That's what I love to do. It's just something about me. I love to do that. So we'll take time. It'll be a good time. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Well, today is part two of acceleration. And by the way, those people who want to get information concerning this baby shower that we're doing, please go to the lobby and just sign up. And we'll send you uh, an email and information you can donate and give so we can be a blessing to these mothers. Amen. Some of you, some of you have been looking for an opportunity like this. This is your time. This is your time. Step up and be a part of this thing. Amen. Well, today is part two of acceleration. Last week, we talked about the speed of trust. Today, we're talking about the speed of mentorship. The speed of mentorship. Please say that with me. The speed of mentorship. One more time, real big. The speed of mentorship. Let's go into the Bible. Proverbs chapter 15, verse 22. Proverbs chapter 15, verse 22. And let's read it together from the screen. One, two, three, go. Without counsel, purposes are disappointed. But in the multitude of counselors, they are established. One more time. Without counsel, purposes are disappointed. But in the multitude of counselors, they are established. How many people in this room today have a vision? You have a vision. Let's try that again. I hope there's more people at Impact Church. With a vision. How many people in this room have a vision? How many in this room have a dream? How many in this room believe that God has given you a purpose? Amen. Well, this scripture is very straightforward. It says, without counsel, without wisdom, without advice, purposes, dreams, visions are disappointed. But in the multitude of counsel, the multitude of wisdom and mentors, they are established. Impact, I want you to know that one of the ways that God has provided for us to accelerate us is through mentors. You see, when I was beginning ministry, picture me beginning ministry. Here's the beginning place. And here, 
here's where I was studying ministry. And my father had been in ministry for over 30 years when I was studying. So picture my father somewhere here. And I went to my dad and I started learning and I started studying, and asking questions and learning so much. And here's where I was. And I want you to know that in a short time, I was accelerated 30 years ahead because of seeking the mentorship of my father. Somebody say amen. So very quickly, I want to give you five ways in which a mentor accelerates you. Five ways in which a mentor accelerates you. Please find a pen, find a paper, take an iPhone, take an Android, write this down. Number one, a mentor gives you time-tested strategies. A mentor gives you time-tested strategies. Impact, I want you to know that there's always someone else who's already been where you're trying to go. I'm going to say that again. There's always somebody else who's already been where you're trying to go. The business you're trying to build. The ministry you're trying to get into. The marriage that you're trying to pursue. The kids you're trying to have. The parenting that you're trying to do. There's always somebody else who's already been where you're trying to go. And wisdom says find a mentor, talk to them, and let them give you time tested strategies so you can get there quicker. They can accelerate you like my father accelerated me. Because impact, truth be told, there's nothing new under the sun. One of the wisest people who ever lived, King Solomon said this in the book of Ecclesiastes chapter 1 verse 9. That which has been is what will be. That which is done is what will be done. And there is nothing new under the sun. We wear skinny jeans today. Listen, they used to do this back in the 60s. We think it's fashion, but they used to do this. We're wearing this stonewashed jeans today. They used to do this back in the 80s. There's nothing new under the sun. There's somebody else who's already been where you're trying to go. Wisdom says find them. Let them give you time-tested strategies. Amen? Impact. That's why in this church, we have five apostolic leaders Five apostolic leaders. These are leaders of ministries and churches that are much larger than our, ours that we submit to. My wife and I hardly ever do anything here in our church without speaking to these mentors. and Without seeking the counsel of the mentors that God's placed before us. Amen. And most of these mentors have been in ministry for at least 40 years. So if, if I can do the math very well here, that's at least 200 years that these mentors are able to accelerate us. 200 years or 200 years of ministry experience. Because Impact Church, we love you so much and we just believe that you're too valuable to be experimented on. Come on, you missed a good place to say amen. Hallelujah. You're too valuable to be experimented on. So we seek the counsel of these five apostolic elders and then we pray. And then we hear God and then we make decisions. Number two, a mentor saves you from wasteful experimentations. A mentor saves you from wasteful experimentations. Impact, I want you to know that somebody else has already made the mistake that you're about to make this year. Somebody else has already made the mistake you're about to make in business. The mistake you're about to make in your, in your career. The mistake that you're about to make in your education. The mistake that you're about to make in your dating process. The mistake that you're about to make in everything that you're doing. Somebody else has already made it and paid the price for it. You don't have to pay the price for it. Wisdom says find that person, find a mentor, and learn from them. 
Because there's really only two key ways, two main ways of learning. It's either through mistakes or a mentor. Through your own mistakes or the mistakes of somebody else. Your own mistakes, experience, through your own experience or the experience of somebody else. So find a mentor. Let them teach you. Let them tell you the things you need to do and spare you from the pain and the heartache that comes from making unnecessary mistakes. You don't have to make that mistake. When I talk to my father, I ask my father, I say, Dad, I need you to tell me 30 things that you wish you had known 30 years ago. I need you to tell me the things that you've done in ministry, but also I want you to tell me the mistakes that you made in ministry. I want to hear those things. And he started telling me. It was very humbling. He started telling me about some of those things. I have a file in my computer right now that I look at very, very often, and it's a list of things that my father told me. These are things I wish I had known 30 years before I began ministry. And they're saving and sparing my life today. Somebody shout hallelujah. The Bible says in the book of Proverbs chapter 4 verse 5, get wisdom, get understanding, forget it not, neither decline from the words of my mouth. This is a father, a mentor speaking. Forsake her not and she shall preserve thee. Love her and she shall keep thee. Wisdom will keep you. Mentors will preserve you and they'll help you to not make mistakes that you shouldn't make. Somebody say amen. Recently my computer was acting up. Uh, the, the space was actually just filled up and I was looking for space to edit videos and edit Pro Tools and all different kinds of things. And it was just packed. It was just jam-packed and I was deleting things and I still didn't have space. And so for two days I was watching YouTube videos and, and going on Google trying to fix this problem, trying to rectify the problem. And by the second day I was going nowhere and one day I was listening to worship on YouTube and, and just worshiping and all of a sudden the computer froze. I tried to fix it. It froze again. And, and, and then I felt this spirit. I, I wanted to take the computer and just toss it off the window. Come on, somebody. I felt a, a tossing anointing on me. Come on, come on, somebody. Isn't it amazing how you can be in the spirit and you can get out so quickly? I mean, I was, come on, ju don't judge me, somebody. Let's play. Can I be real? Let's play. I felt like I wanted to toss this computer, so I decided, okay, I'm going to call Apple Store. It's time to get help. So I went over there, small little nerd guy. He came and helped me. Smart guy. He's a smart guy. By the way, I want you to know that mentors are not only older people. They can be young people as well. A mentor is simply a person who has an experience in an area where you don't have experience. So they can be young. And so I said, hey, man, help me out. He started telling me things to do, and I stopped. I said, bro, I've been struggling with this computer for two days. Can you just take it and fix it for me? Can you just take it? I'll go into the mall, get a milkshake, and just, uh, just tell me when it's done. I'll come pick it up. And he said, no, 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 just press this and click here, go to file, go here. We're almost there. And then he said, please double-click the hard drive and then go to get info. He said, did that help? And I looked, and all of a sudden, this guy had fixed my computer. I had hundreds upon hundreds of gigabytes that were available. This guy did in five minutes what I could not do in two days. Five minutes. Now, I'm a math guy. I just did some math in the last class. Well, there's 24 hours. Dude, there's 24 hours in a day, right? So 24 times 2, there's 48 hours, right, in two days. Now, 48 times 60 is 2,000. 880. So there's 2,880 minutes in two days. This guy did in five minutes. 
five minutes what I could not do in 2,880 minutes. That's what a mentor does for you. Now, when you divide 2,880 divided by five minutes is 576. So this guy accelerated me 576 minutes ahead because of his wisdom. Somebody shout hallelujah. The people in this place, you're stuck. You've been stuck in one place for a long time. You're frustrated. You don't know what to do. You're stuck. You're about to waste your life. I dare you to find a mentor who can accelerate you in the name of Jesus. God has a plan to accelerate you. This young man in five minutes was able to accelerate me. And I thanked him. And he accelerated me. Amen. A mentor helps you. Also, Number two, he saves you from wasteful experimentations. Let's go to number three. A mentor helps you to maximize your resources. A mentor helps you to maximize your resources. Impact, I want you to know that success is not determined by how much resources you acquire, but by your ability to maximize your resources. It's not about how many resources you get. I heard stories, you've heard stories of people who want millions of dollars. And in a year, they lost all the money. Success is not just about having millions of dollars or having resources. It's knowing what to do with the resources. I heard of people who won the lottery. And they got so many thousands or so many millions. And in less than six years or in less, like, less than six months, they lost all the money. Success is not about resources. It's knowing what to do with the resources. And the impact, I want you to know that most of the resources you get you will never have them again if you mismanage them. Especially time. Time is your most precious resource. You will never have this day again. You will never be a teenager again. You will never be in your 20s, your 30s, your 40s, your 50s, your 60s, your 70s again. You will never have today again. And so because resources are valuable, your resources are too valuable for you to spend without the advice of a mentor. Please write this down. Your resources are too valuable for you to spend without the advice of your mentor. Please never make a life-ordering decision without seeking the advice of your mentor so they can spare you. This is what happened to Moses. He was making a mistake. He was leading the children of Israel. He was commanding and demanding and leading over a million people by himself. And his father-in-law Jethro comes to him with an advice. Exodus chapter 18 verse 17. Verse 17, he says, this is not good, Moses. Moses' father-in-law exclaimed, you are going to wear yourself out and the people too. This job is too heavy a burden for you to handle by yourself. Now listen to me. Now listen to me. Now listen to me. And let me give you a word of advice and may God be with you. Everybody in this room needs somebody who can speak to them and say, what you're doing is not good. The way you're leading your family, the way you're treating your spouse, the way you're doing this business, the way you, each person in this room needs somebody who can speak to them and say, the way you're doing it, you need to shift this. And he says, now listen to me. Every person in this room needs somebody who can look at them and say, now listen to me, young man. Now listen to me, daughter. The way you're doing this, the way you're doing that. This is why church is a family. Don't go to a church where they don't say something that once in a while feels like they're stepping on your toes. Let's just leave that one alone. Number four, a mentor corrects you. 
A mentor corrects you. I want to make four statements here that are really powerful. I want you to know that your best friend is more concerned about your happiness, but your mentor is more concerned about your wholeness. I want you to know that your best friend wants you to like them, but your mentor wants you to grow. Your best friend is more concerned with you liking them because if you don't like them, you can't be their friend anymore. Nobody has a best friend that they don't like. But your mentor is not concerned about you liking them. They're more concerned about you growing. I also want you to know that your best friend is uncomfortable correcting you. But your mentor is uncomfortable watching you remain in that mistake. Your best friend is uncomfortable offending you. Your mentor is comfortable Offending you temporarily so you can achieve permanent success. So having said that, I want to say to you that your best friend is not your mentor. And your mentor will never be your best friend. That's the dichotomy that we're experiencing. The tension that we're experiencing in this generation is that people expect their mentor to be their best friend. And if I don't act like your best friend, you don't receive anymore. That's why there's a tension when people come to church. Because in many ways, I'm your spiritual father. I'm a mentor. And I'm here, not so much that you would like me, but I'm here so that you can change and grow. While your best friend is comfortable, making you comfortable, I am uncomfortable watching you too comfortable and not changing the things you need to change in order for you to achieve your destiny. Come on, somebody shout hallelujah. And so sometimes we come in this place and we declare things that are uncomfortable. And we've come into a generation now where churches don't say certain things anymore because they want you to come to church and give. Come on, somebody. But in this church, I'm committed to the Lord. I've died to self. God only uses dead people. I've died to myself. I'm not here to do what Zenza wants to do. I'm here to do the will of God. And I want to say, God bless you in Jesus' name. Somebody shout hallelujah. It's the tension that people feel when you come to the house of God. So I want to give you this tweet here. Your mentor's assignment is not just to make you comfortable, but also to make you uncomfortable so you can make the necessary changes needed for you to reach your destiny. The Bible says in the book of Proverbs chapter 3 verse 11, Do not despise the Lord's discipline and do not resent his rebuke because the Lord, the, because the Lord disciplines those he loves as father the son he delights in. And this is what's happening. We're in a generation that's, that's uncomfortable with rebuke. They despise the Lord's discipline. And they resent the Lord's rebuke. And because they despise the Lord's discipline and resent his rebuke, they end up despising and resenting the messenger. Please, I'm just a messenger. Somebody shout hallelujah. Now, I want you to know that part of what we do is also to encourage you. You will not find another person who will encourage you more than Pastor Zenzo will encourage you. Come on, somebody. You'll come in this place if you're disappointed, if you're sad, come into this place. And I'll look at you with my African exotic beautiful accent and I'll declare over you and say, you're victorious. You're prosperous. Everything you touch will turn into. Come on, that's what I say every Sunday. I'll encourage you. I'll celebrate you. My wife and I, we love people for real. We love people. When I was in Israel, I, I, I was in a hotel with a pastor who, who told me, man, I don't like people. I was like, man, how'd you end up pastoring? You don't like people. I said, brother, I love people. We love people for real. But we're here to help you grow. Our mandate is to help you grow. 
You may not understand some of the things we're doing now, but I'm telling you 10 years from now, you're going to thank us. You're going to bless us. Some of you will buy me a house in a Lamborghini while you're at it. Come on, somebody. Because God's going to bless you so much. Amen, somebody. Come on, somebody give me a good hallelujah. When I was in my 20s, this is, this is a funny story. When I was in my 20s and I started to lose my hair, you know, there, there are two groups of people. There are people who, when they're losing their hair, they, they really look good. They look like James Bond. They look good. It's not fair. And then there's another group of people, when they start losing their hair, it just doesn't quite add up. It doesn't quite up. Just, I was one of those people. I had a little patch of hair here, another island over here, Madagascar over here. I mean, look like the map of Africa. The world just, just didn't look quite good. Looked like a chicken head. And I'll never forget, one day my pastor, my pastor of all the people in the world, came and looked at me and he said, do you, you realize, right, that you've got patches of hair in your head? I said, excuse me, sir? I said, this is heresy. This is crazy. This is why people run away from churches. This is why people are hurt in churches. This guy dead tells me that i got patches of hair in my head. And he says, you realize, too, that your hairline is, like, going back. I said, no, no, no. I, said, I took my finger. I said, my hairline is right here. My barber had just really hooked me up already. I had a special barber. Nobody else could, could touch my hair but this guy because he, he knew the nuances. He knew where to go and where not to go. If the barber was sick, there's no haircut because special barber. And my pastor stood up. He's taller than me. He put his finger on my head, and he said, no, the hairline is going here. And he went all the way to the back. This is the point when I said, okay, this is heresy. This man touched me. I mean, this is, I, I was ready to go Jackie Lee on him. I mean, Jackie Lee is the mix of Jackie Chan and Bruce Lee at the same time. It's like, ah, woo! He just break that brother's, break his ribs. But he said to me, Zenzo, it's time to give up the hairline. Say goodbye to it. Give, go back home. Cut the whole thing off. I was offended. I was offended. But I went home. And I cut it off, and I looked at myself. I was like, oh, man, I don't look as bad, man. I, was like, I, I, I changed from looking like a chicken. One moment I looked like a chicken, the next moment I looked like Denzel Washington. Come on, somebody. My wife was like, you look good, honey. She was kissing me everywhere. I was like, wow, this is awesome. Now, little did I know that two weeks after that, God would open a major door for me. God opened a door for me to be on the largest TV station in the world, just as a little boy in my 20s, God opened a door for me to be on TBN. I'll never forget when I was leaving the, the green room, shaking, just never been in a place like this before. The lady there in the, in the green room who was ushering me out to the stage, she said, remember today, Pastor Matoga, that you're reaching 3.2 billion people in the world. You get the opportunity today to reach half the world with the message of Jesus. And right there, it dawned on me that my pastor was not telling me to cut my hair because he was offending me and harming me. That my pastor was simply preparing me for a world platform. Come on, somebody. Shout hallelujah. And I went there on, on, on TBN. I was interviewed by a man called Carmen. And the anointing of God was released. And people were texting me, you look good. You look good. And I called my pastor and said, thank you for not allowing me to look like a chicken on a world platform. Come on, somebody. Who's mentoring you? Who's training you? Who's, who's coaching you? Who's training you? A mentor helps you. And he coaches you. And he trains you. Thank you, Jesus. The Bible says... 
here in Proverbs chapter 3, verse 11. I actually read that scripture for you. But here, I want to give you a tweet. Please tweet this. Tweet this. Turn to your neighbor tell them, tweet this. A true mentor does not correct you to harm you, but to prepare you for greatness. A true mentor does not correct you to harm you, but to prepare you for greatness. Number five, a mentor coaches you and guides you for maximum success. A mentor coaches you and guides you for maximum success. Champions were never designed to succeed alone, but through the guidance of seasoned mentors. Champions were never designed to succeed by themselves. There's no Michael Jordan without Phil Jackson. There's no Michael Jackson without Joe Jackson. You don't raise up a genius like Michael Jackson without the tough disciplinarian work ethic of Joe Jackson. While all the little kids were playing in Gary, Indiana, Joe Jackson made Michael Jackson stay home and practice for, for eight hours. The genius that he became was because of a tough disciplinarian, a mentor like Joe Jackson. Jesus was guided by his father Joseph. Who's guiding you? There's a scripture that I love here in the book of Ruth chapter 3. Ruth was widowed as a little young girl. And she went to her mother-in-law. Her mother-in-law, Naomi, became a mentor. Ruth chapter 3, verse 1 to 4. One day, Ruth's mother-in-law, Naomi, said to her, My daughter, I must find a home for you where you'll be provided for. Now Boaz, with those women, with those women you have worked, is a relative of ours. Tonight, he will be winnowing barley on the threshing floor. Wash, put on perfume, and get dressed in your best clothes. Each one of us in this room needs somebody who can look at you and tell you, you need to go wash. This area of your life is stinking. You don't see it, but you need to go wash. Each one of us needs somebody to tell you, you need to go put on perfume. You, sm you think you smell good, but you, you, need, you need a lot of tweaking here. You need a lot of help. That's what my pastor did to me. Zenzo, you look like a chicken. You, you need to go change this. And this is what I want to say, and it's very metaphoric, and it's not here to, to demean anybody. But I want you to know that some of us, we think we look like an eagle. But truthfully, people are looking at us, and they think we look like a chicken. Until somebody can speak to you and open your eyes, because we are... We, we, are, we are people who are so biased. We only see what we choose to see. Before my, before my pastor spoke to me, I never saw that my hairline went back there. Because you choose to see what you choose to see. Some of us need somebody to speak to us and say, the way you're treating your wife, the way you're treating your husband, the way you're doing this business, tweak this area and do this area. A mentor is there to guide you and to coach you in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, Impact, as we finish, I want to give you six ways to cultivate a healthy and productive relationship with your mentor. Six ways to cultivate a healthy and productive relationship with your mentor. Number one, pursue your mentor. Pursue your mentor. It was never designed for a mentor to pursue a protege. Because if you're not humble and hungry enough to pursue your mentor, you will never be hungry and humble enough to receive from them. You only receive at the level which you're, you're willing to make a demand. This is what happened in 2 Kings chapter 2, verse 2. Elijah was a mentor to a young man, a young prophet called Elisha. Then Elijah said to Elisha, stay here, please, for the Lord has sent me to Bethel. But Elisha said, as the Lord lives and as your soul lives, I will not leave you. 
So they went down to Bethel. Elisha was persistent. I'm not going to leave you. I'm going to follow you. I'm going to pursue you. It happened again. 2 Kings chapter 2 verse 4. Elijah says, stay here. I'm going to Jericho. Elisha was persistent. No, I'm not staying here. I'm going to pursue you. Happened again. 2 Kings chapter 2 verse 6. Stay here. I'm going to the Jordan. He says, no, I'm going to pursue you. There's something in you. There's something God's placed in you. And I'm making a demand on it. And after he pursued, 2 Kings chapter 2 verse 9. Elijah stops and he says, young man, what can I do for you? After Elisha had pursued, he turns around and says, what can I do for you? And Elisha says, I want a double portion of your anointing. And Elijah says, you've asked a difficult thing, a very tough thing. But listen, if you can pursue some more, if you can watch me, if you can be there while I'm taken to heaven, then it's yours. But if not, it's not yours. In other words, you have to pursue in order to get it. The reason most people don't receive is they get offended quickly. They get offended. Just imagine. Look at how Elijah is treating Elisha, but he's still pursuing. Still pursuing. Don't allow your mentor to offend you. Please don't come to a church like this and, and leave because you're offended. Listen, it'll happen. Somebody will offend you in a building like this with this many human beings. Somebody will offend you. But continue pursuing, pursuing until God releases your miracle. Somebody shout hallelujah. Pursue your mentor. Number two, stop and listen. Stop and listen. Your mentor is impressed by your willingness to listen and not your attempt to impress them. When you are in the presence of your mentor, it's not time for you to start opening up your mouth and start name dropping and Try to impress them. No, it's time for you to zip your mouth and listen. Your mentor will honor you if you value their time. Your mentor will honor you with more time if you value their time. There's one time a guy came to my office and said, Pastor, I want you to mentor me. I need help in this area. He asked me a question. When I opened up my mouth to start answering him, he just started talking. He just started. Hour and a half later, he was just talking and talking and talking. And I said, hey, brother, it's been an hour and a half. We've got to stop here. And he said, hey, man, this was awesome. Let's do this again. I said, let's not. Let's not. Let's not. When you're in the presence of your mentor, sit and listen. Number three, write it down. Write it down. Writing down what your mentor teaches you communicates diligence and honor for your mentor's time. The Bible says in Proverbs chapter 7, 1 to 3, My son, keep my words and store up my commands within you. Keep my commands and you will live. Guard my teachings as the apple of your eye. Bind them to your fingers. Write them on the tablets of your heart. Write it down. I was just spending time with my bishop just this week on Wednesday. And, and I was writing down everything he was saying. And I also say to him, Bishop, can I record you? And I took my iPhone and started recording him. That's what I do. And I listen to it over and over and over. And I read the notes over and over and over. That's why you want to write stuff in church. Because the way you write something on the tablets of your heart is you read it over and over and over. You listen to it over and over and over. And then it's ingrained in your heart. Write it down. Number four, prepare before an appointment with your mentor. Prepare before an appointment with your mentor. Preparation before an appointment with your mentor determines how productive your meeting is going to be. You've got to ask yourself the question, what do I want to get out of this mentoring session? What do I want to receive? What can't I afford to live today without, without learning? 
and write those things down and ask, how am I going to stop my business? How do I invest? Where should I invest first? Uh, what's, what's, what are the rates right now? What's going on? What should I, I was just having a conversation with a guy this week who was telling me about, about investments, some investments that they're doing there. They're investing in some Iraqi dinars because they know that, that, that it, the things are going to turn around and, and the value is going to go up. And he was talking to me about this stuff and I'm, what, what should I do? What should I buy first? What, talk to somebody, write it down so you can learn and be productive. Amen. Where are we? Number one. Number five. Be honest with your mentor so you can receive accurate help. Be honest with your mentor so you can receive accurate help. You will only be helped by your mentor at the level you're willing to be honest. You will only be helped at the level you're willing to be honest. I remember in the beginning when, when our marriage was just tough and Michelle and I were, were fighting for our marriage. I went to my bishop to seek advice. And he said to me, son, what do you want to talk about? And I said, I just want to talk about ministry. He could tell something was wrong. I said, son, is that all you wanted to talk about? And I was too shy. I said, yeah, bishop, just, just ministry. He said, okay. And I went back home on the verge of divorce, struggling when somebody else could have helped me. When you're in the presence of your mentor, it's not time to impress them. Don't tell them we're doing well. The company is doing amazing. We're doing this. Tell them the truth so that they can help you. Amen. Here we go. The last one. Trust your mentor. Trust your mentor. Cultivating a healthy relationship and productive relationship with your mentor. Trust your mentor. Your trust level determines how much your mentor is willing to pour into you. Your trust level determines how much your mentor is willing to pour into you. Find a mentor with a track record of the success you're looking for and trust the process. Trust them. Because your mentor will only be able to give you information and pour into you when you trust them. Somebody say amen. Here's another point I want to make impact as we close here today. Trust your mentor with time. Trust your mentor with time. This is what happens a lot of times with people who just go from church to church to church to church. You've got to remember... That being in a church is not just joining a club. It's being planted in the Lord Jesus Christ. You're planted into Jesus through the church. And so when you place yourself in the ground, you uproot yourself. Place yourself in the ground and uproot yourself. Place yourself in the ground and uproot yourself. That's where most people miss their blessing. You have to be at, at a church. Whatever church God puts you in, and this is not a... This is not an advertising, an advertisement for you to stay at Impact Church. I'm just saying wherever God plants you, be there at least seven years, the number of completion, so God can produce something. But you've got to give that church and that mentor time for God to release something inside of you. Look at David. David had a mentor. He wasn't even a good mentor. Saul, King Saul, was foaming in the mouth, throwing spears at him. But he said, touch not. They anointed, planted himself. If you find people that God has used, you're going to find people who paid a price somewhere. They were planted. They were planted through the difficult times, planted. Through times of turbulence, planted into the ground. And God released them. Because even though you're planting yourself in a church, even though you're seeking the mentorship of a man or a woman, you're not serving a man. 
you're just receiving from God who operates and blesses people through human beings. Somebody shout hallelujah. The word of God says, give and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over. It says, shall men, men give unto you. God's blessings is released through human beings. It's amazing. A God who's precious, who's perfect, somehow releases his blessings through imperfect human beings. It's amazing. Please stand if you can. Thank you, Jesus. Please stand if you can. Here's the last point I want to give you. You cannot receive 100% from your mentor if you only give them 50% permission to speak into your life. You cannot receive 100% from your mentor if you only give them 50% to speak into your life. You know, over the years, what I've found is a lot of people are not really looking for sincere mentorship. They just want you to endorse their mess. That's what they want. It's a setup. It's a setup. They want you to endorse their mess. And if you don't, they get upset. And because of that, we've created a culture, a church culture, where most people are not even speaking the truth anymore. How many people know that we are blessed to be at a church where the truth is spoken in love, in love, in love, in love? Because we want God to bless you.